Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, February the 7th, 2019. We are in the Apple Valley Studio with critically acclaimed bishop, founder, and overseer of the Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ tonight, the honorable and comparable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. Tonight is our weekly 
Food for the Soul Bible Study Sessions. Tonight we are talking about self-diagnosis. Are you diagnosing yourself? Well, we're going to get into that tonight. We talked a little bit about it last week, and my God, my God, the message last week was amazing. It was just spot on because even I learned a little bit. Every week I learned something, but just in general last week it was good. And I learned some stuff that was absolutely a necessity for me. I don't know about you, but I definitely learned something last week. And it went well and worked for me. So tonight, 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 like I said, we are vastly going to be talking about diagnosis. Are you diagnosing yourself? Do you know if you're diagnosing yourself? Well, we're going to find out tonight. Now, what I've come up with for tonight in reference to telling you where you stand, say right now. Now, for anyone that thinks there's that he or she is something when there is nothing, you can deceive oneself. But let each, so basically the Bible is saying this in Galatians 6, 3 through 4. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone. Now, the Bible tells us, are are you, your brother or sister's keeper? And that just means that do you know what they're doing, where they are? Now, bearing others' burdens to fulfill the law of Christ, which is Galatians 6 and 2, it tells us it's okay to, to bear others' burdens and their trials and tribulations to fulfill the law of Christ. Are you or are you not your brother or sister's keeper? It's impossible. If we yield to the selfishness of our flesh, which is also Galatians 5 through 16, 5, 16 through 18, our lingering sin, faulty self-evaluation. Now, today we're going to be talking about the self-examination and the self-diagnosis and evaluation of oneself. Now, it's an, it is an obstacle to walk by the Spirit and live by the Spirit. If you're not totally ready to do that, it becomes an obstacle in your life. But when you wholeheartedly give your life to God, it's not an obstacle anymore. For example, we often conclude that we are superior to each other, which Galatians talks about that in Galatians 6 and 3. Now, about a man, I, I should say that, that for people who have self-pride and they believe in oneself and they think they're better than others, first off, we're not better than others. Second off, when you're trying to diagnose yourself with the type of sin that you're living in and what sins you have, and you're trying to diagnose how God would think about your sin, first off, no sin in God's eyes, for the most part, is greater than another sin, number one. Number two, if you are a sinner that has fallen short of the glory, you have to have that enrichment and that fulfillment and that desire to want to talk to God, to want that one-on-one personal relationship with God. Dr. Moore can't get you that relationship with God. I can't get that relationship. Your own pastor or bishop or apostle or minister can't. Your prayer partner can't. You have to have an understanding of God's word. You have to have an understanding of who he is, what he is in your life, and you have to have him at the number one position in your life. Let God diagnose your sins and where you're going. Let God explain to you what mistakes you're making. You can't diagnose your mistakes because what you, you might diagnose something that's minute, and God may not think it's so minute. He, he might think that this is just as great as everything else. He might give you a blessing. You might say, oh, that's small. I want the big stuff. But that small little mite can be the grandest thing in your life. 
So don't diagnose yourself tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Learn from Dr. Moore what self-diagnosis really is, the do's and the don'ts, what you should and should not do when it comes to diagnosing yourself because really the only person that can diagnose us is Jesus. It's kind of like a doctor. Your stomach is hurting and you're saying, well, oh, I think I have cramps. Oh, well, it's got to be this. But when you get to the doctor, he says, well, I ran all these tests. I did blood work. I did this, I did that, and this is what it was. This is my diagnosis for you. But before you went to the doctor, you had this idealistic image in your mind that you for sure had this problem. And once the test results came back with this, that, and the third, the doctor told you exactly what it was. And I was one of those people who could just look online and say, well, I have this, so it has to be that. But even even in your sin, even in your life, you cannot depict what God's response and answer will be. You have to let God answer it. You have to give God an opportunity to give you an answer. But remember, you have to be ready to receive his answer. You can't expect an answer tomorrow. God is not a microwavable God. You cannot press two and all of a sudden you get an answer. God has to evaluate your situation, evaluate what you're asking for. Then when God feels that you're 100% mentally, physically, verbally, and emotionally ready for that answer, he'll give you an answer or he'll make what you prayed for be a reality where you can see it, feel it, taste it, and all of that. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, the Honorable Dr. Bishop Offerman, he will talk about self-diagnosis. God bless. Now, Michigan Radio Land tonight, it is a day the Lord has made, and let us be glad and rejoice therein. We thank God, amen, for our announcement tonight. Amen, bringing us the word of God, amen, on self-diagnosis tonight, in which, amen, we will continue in. Uh, We're just so grateful to be on air tonight. God's word for today, God's word for today is about suffering, and that's what we are going to resume tonight as we left you last Thursday, and I just thought it was just so important, amen, to get back into this today because, amen, God's word for today is about suffering, and we don't like to suffer. Let me briefly, amen, call the scriptures out, amen, that we will be going over tonight. And as my doctor said, this is food for your soul, food for a thought tonight, that your spiritual man might be fed. That is, amen, in Matthew chapter 5, 11 through 12, and I'm not going to read all of these tonight, 2 Corinthians 11 and 24 through 26. When you get time, you can read these scriptures, amen, in Philippians 3 and 10, and 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. I'm just going to read a couple of these, amen, just to refreshing your remembrance tonight. I pray, amen, that you have your Bibles open tonight and go along with us. Matthew chapter 5, amen, and verse 11 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revive you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Then he go on and tell you to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. First Corinthians, uh, Second Corinthians 11 and 24 I read this. Paul say of the Jews five times receive a forty stripes, saith one. And Philippians three and ten says, 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. First Peter 4 and 12, as I said, Beloved, thinking not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some strange thing have happened unto you. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceedingly joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of the glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil speaking of. But on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matter. Yea, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Let me repeat that again. Amen. Yea, and if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter, on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began, at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteously, scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinners appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well done as unto a faithful creator. God's word for today is about suffering. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12 says, If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. As I made a statement on last week, the majority of us, amen, don't like pain. We don't like suffering. We don't like discomfort. But suffering is a universal thing. It, it is an experience by all. Suffering as a Christian glorifies God. It develops Christian virtue. And it produces praise unto the Lord. The Lord is worthy of all of his praises, and we ought to glorify his name for who he is. And allowing us, amen, is to even suffer for his name's sake. There are very kinds of suffering. A Christian may experience very types of suffering. 
each type can change the Christian for the good or for the bad. When pressure and suffering come, they would either make a person bitter or better. Affliction tries a person and will either make him or break him. Circumstances do not have the power to mold us. Rather, it is our reaction to those circumstances that shapes us. There are very various different kinds of suffering. Now, I don't know what you may be going through tonight. I don't know what you might be suffering tonight. But if it's for the namesake of Jesus, happy are ye. Don't let nobody criticize you, amen, and, and don't let them, amen, speak evil, amen, because you are suffering. Be like Job, amen. Job's friend come to him and accuse him and just said, Job, I, I know that you have sinned because God is too good. And God wouldn't have allowed this to come upon you unless you have sinned. He was accused by his friends. But his friends, amen, didn't understand that Job was going through a test in his life. God, amen, had proved to Satan, amen, that have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the whole earth. And Satan said, yes, I know Job like I know everybody else. But if you move the heads from around and you move your blessing from around you, you move your protection from around you, I'll make him curse you to your face. And God moved those things. And Job held on to his integrity. He had physically suffering. He had mentally suffering. And he had emotionally suffering. But he held on. And I'm saying tonight, regardless, amen, whether there be boils, amen, all over your body, cancer eating you up, amen, uh, up the rise of the you from your crown of your head to your feet, hold on to your integrity. For which cause we think not, we are not going to faint, amen, because sickness or some kind of other disease come upon us. We're going to pray, amen, that God will heal that because God is able. But the Hebrew boy said, if he don't deliver us, we know he's able to do it. We're not going to fret, amen, because God does not remove some of the amen sickness from us. We may not understand, but amen, the Lord may be glorified. But men may say, amen, you don't sin. But God knows your heart. But we are not going to faint. But though our outward man may perish, this old flesh may perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, amen, the things that we're going through now, they are light. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, just for a little while. We're suffering on this side, amen, just for a little while. For our light affliction, 
which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory, which we look not at the things which are seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they are just temporary. It's just temporary. We're here. We're like a flower. Amen. We spring up in the morning and we are beautiful. Amen. And then when the heat comes, amen, it cuts it down. We're here for a little while. We're like a vapor. On this side, it's just temporary. But if you hold on, amen, Jesus says, but the things which are not seen, they are eternal. They are everlasting. There is no end, amen, to the place in which, amen, we are going to. Our outward man may perish, and we may suffer sickness in our physical body. But all the while, our spiritual man can be renewed day by day. The suffering of our physical body endures are only temporary. They are short lives. When our inward person is renewed, however, we are dealing with eternal elements. The suffering of this life are brief compared to the eternal glory that is to follow. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Much of the physical suffering as a Christian encounters is because he was born into human family. We were born in sin, and we were shaped in iniquity. It is generally not, amen, the result of the wrath of judgment of God. That's not why we were born in sin. We call this thing to come upon ourselves, amen, because man disobeyed the Lord. A spiritually feared person suffers a crippled disease and confined to a wheelchair can worship God just as fervent and with as much thanksgiving as a healthy person. Just because, amen, we uh, 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 confine some time, amen, to a wheelchair or to our bed, it does not keep our soul from praising the Lord. You just don't see the motivation, amen, of all the limb working, amen, but your soul is whole. And your soul can praise the Lord. There are different circumstances, amen, that we are going through in life. No, no man, Thomas says, the amazing thing in life is how real those who have the most right to be. Paul had every right to grumble and, and to complain and to criticize his plague suffering, which he tolerated while doing God's will. 
Paul had every right is a complaint. But Paul didn't complain about what he was going through with. Paul allowed God to get the glory out of his suffering. Even a man in his shipwreck and, and being whooped, amen, he allowed God to get the glory. He didn't try to retaliate. He didn't try to take nobody to court. But Paul rather glorified in his infirmity, in his sickness, amen, in his weakness. Paul rather glorified God in his body. In today's society, man, is that what we are doing? Are we are we glorifying God in our body? Uh, amen. Are we finding self-pity, self-indulgence tonight? Are we feeling sorry for ourselves, amen, because we don't function like we used to function and don't seem like God, amen, is going to heal us? Are we still glorifying his name? Remember, my brothers and sisters, the suffering of this world, the affliction that we're going through is just like a mama to God. God is so great, and he, he's eternal. It's like a mama to him. Paul did, not, Paul did not allow circumstances to determine his joy. You ought not allow circumstances, amen, is to determine your joy. Paul said, I knew I knew what it means to be hungry, and I, 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 I know what it means to be broke. I know what it means to be full. I know what it means to be rich. I'm not going to let circumstance determine my joy or my relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let it determine his inward joy and his contentment with the Lord. I pray God I'm speaking to somebody tonight that is going through some difficult in, in their life, and, and you land there, and you want to blame the Lord, amen, because you said, I prayed, amen, and, and, and the Lord still happened to heal me. Well, stop and think, amen. God allowed that to come up on you for a purpose. You may not ever realize what the purpose is, amen, but go to glorifying the Lord. Go to thanking the Lord. In your affliction, in your crisis, in your hurting, in your trial, go to thanking the Lord. Those who attempt to do good things will, through circumstance, suffer persecution. Just sometimes because you want to do good, you're going to be, amen, suffering persecution from your enemies. But the Bible said, blessed are ye when men shall revive you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Oh, praise the Lord. You can be done all that you can, amen. And your enemy can be against you. Sometimes, amen, they dress up like a Christian. They dress up like they, amen, your brothers and sisters. But the enemy on the inside is against them. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you live godly, if you live righteous, if you live under the fear and admonition of the power of the Lord, you are going to suffer persecution. That's 2 Timothy 3 and 12 for your hearing. Self-indulgence or self-diagnosis. 
Some of us, amen, Christians suffer. Suffering is self-diagnosed. People bring some things up on themselves. Most of this type of suffering is unnecessary. We try to diagnose ourselves, and amen, we bring a lot of things on ourselves. And most of it is unnecessary. Some Christians, they worry entirely just too much. Worry about everything. Worry is not going to help us, amen. Worrying is not going to bless us. Worrying, amen, will make us old. Worrying, amen, will cause us, amen, to lose our members, amen. Worrying, amen, will turn our hair gray. Our fingers, amen, our faith, amen, it'll turn it rank That's what worrying will do, but we don't have to worry. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. You see, that's self-indulgent, amen. We try to worry about too much. People bring, amen, much things upon themselves. Most of the type of suffering is unnecessary. Some Christians worry about and tie too much. They sometimes worry about things that never happen. Someone said, amen, that 80%, amen, of the things people worry about never come to pass. And their worry has no effect on the 20%. So why worry? Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Don't worry, my beloved. Uh, Put your trust in Jesus. The answer is in Jesus Christ. Lord, does thou care? The answer is Jesus care for you and I. I don't care, amen, how low we are, how poor we are, how rich, how middle class Jesus care for us. In the psalm of amen, the 73rd psalm, uh, the psalm of aspirin, he endures in self-pity. You know how we can feel sorry for ourselves, or self-endured in suffering, brought on suffering. He said this, amen, in, in the 73rd uh, chapter, verse 1 through 5, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my foot was almost gone. My step had well nigh slipped. For I was involved at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, there are no bands in their death. But their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are their play like others. The psalmist 
was looking through a carnal eye and did not clearly understand the fact. A Christian should beware the grass often looks greener on the other side of the fence. No matter which side of the fence a person is on, the psalmist continued to bemoan his life. The psalmist, amen, was looking at the prosperity of the wicked. Oh, they are out there prospering. They get everything they want to get in. Nothing don't seem to be happening to them. They don't even seem like they died. And it seems like they is exempted from trouble. And the man said, my foot almost slipped. I, I almost went that way. I almost turned and went into the world and joined the wicked. I almost did it. I believe Paul said, Agrippa said, you almost persuaded me. But when this man seen, amen, the prospering of the wicked, and his feet almost slipped, he said, Belly, I have cleaned my heart in vain and washed my hand in innocence. For all the day long I have plagued and chastised every morning. When I thought to know this, it was painful for me. The psalmist went on and let us know, amen. The psalmist was sorrowful, and he suffered for self-indulgence, feeling sorry for himself. The reason he had to change his attitude before he could live and overcome in life, somehow the Christian also must shake the self-indulgence, self-pity, self-attitude off. You can't go around, amen, praising God with a selfish attitude, feeling sorrow for yourself. Whatever what test you're going through tonight, you're to glorify the name of the Lord. Remember our scripture, if you suffer with me, if you suffer with me, you shall range with me. If you obey me and you deny yourself of the world, amen, as this man did in some of them, you got to come into the house of God and turn from your wicked thoughts, amen. God will see you through. We are not suffering in vain. I believe it is not in vain. And when the wicked get their punishment, Thank God, Jesus say, I go away to prepare a place for you, and where I am, there ye may be also. Because in my Father's house there are many mentioned. And if it was that so, I wouldn't have told you. 
suffering in itself is not a virtue. The quality of our response to suffering, however, is a display of virtue. A person who signs and complaints while suffering will never rate very high on a virtue scale. You cannot, amen, think you're going to go higher and higher in Jesus and always complain. In all things, the Bible says, give thanks unto the Lord. Quit complaining. Quit complaining, Christian. It could be worse in your life. Quit complaining. Every day you ought to get up and say, Lord, I thank you for another day. You go in your fridge and you got food, amen. You go in your cabinets, amen, and there are food, amen. You got a little money in the bank. Why don't you say thank you? You may not be able to go on a live vacation like so many of but amen. Say thank God I'm living. Five little farmers came to see the action, the actual condition of his foolishness. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God. When you go into the house of God, and when you go in there, amen, looking for something, amen, when you go into the house of God, if it's a real house of God, amen, you ain't going to come out the same way. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understand I therein. I understand therein now. They may having a good time now. They may be disregarding God now, but the end is death. There is a way that seems righteous unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Surely thou did set them in slippery places. Thou casted them down into destruction. How they broke into desolation as in a moment. All of their fun going to be over in a little bit. When this world goes to its last moment and its last hour and everything is going to be thrown down. Jesus said there shall not be one stone left upon another one that shall not be toned down. When God tells this world what manner a person should you be are you going to be trying to live in pleasure? If you is, you're going down. In a moment, they are utterly consumed with terror. Terror is going to come upon them. If terror, amen, was to break out, amen, martial law, amen, was to hit us, amen, right now, and we wouldn't know what to do, Jesus Christ is our hope. We have a hope. We're not going to fall to pieces. Even we will glorify God if it take our lives. When a person turns to God for understanding, he is helping to see more clearly. Paul or Solomon say, out of all of you getting, get an understanding. 
James said, if any man is like enough wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask. God will give you wisdom. God will give you understanding. Being in the presence of God is the best cure for self-pity. If you are in the presence of God, God ain't going to let you feel sorry for yourself. There are many days, amen, and many people, amen, they can't get out of bed because, amen, there is a a disease, uh, amen, is upon them. It's causing them, and, they, and they're going through excruciated pain all the time. But if they don't tell you, you wouldn't know it. There are people, amen, that I know, amen, that is going around with counsel, amen, but they're still teaching and preaching the word of God. If they didn't tell you, you wouldn't know it. It is then a person can see the picture of God's mercy as it is a reality. It's real. He can see the wicked and the suffering as it is compared to a Christian and they are suffering. It's a different when you're suffering in the world and when you're suffering with Christ Jesus. Now, amen, pain is pain. But when you're in the world and thank God for the doctor, they know that somebody, amen, can help you out. But amen, when you are in Christ Jesus, you got a doctor of doctors will come and comfort you. Believe Neither to a man's induction, as we come into the presence of God, we should allow Him to put all things properly perspective and in proper priority. Let the Lord put all things in proper perspective. The reason for our suffering. All things working together for good to them that love is God. Do you really love the Lord tonight? To them which are called according to his purpose. You suffering for a purpose tonight. In God's nothing is hazard. All things have a defined purpose. Even suffering has a purpose. And you may not never know it again, amen. Job didn't know why he was going through what he was going through with. Some things the Lord don't tell us. But God can be getting the glory out of it. Paul said that I may know him, that I may know him. You say, well, I accepted him in my heart. Now Paul said, I want to go further than that. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. There is some power in him, amen, that I haven't experienced yet. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. There was, amen, some power in that resurrection. It brought him out of the tomb. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know how he went through that. And all I can give an answer tonight, he said, Father, not my will, but let thy will be done. 
Did he feel the same pain that any human did feel? Yes, he did. Did he have the same emotion that any human? Yes, he did. What is it, Father? Not my will, but thy will be done. Being made conformable unto his death. I want to I want to be made just like him in his death. Death don't talk back. If by any means I might obtain unto his resurrection of the dead, Philippians 3, 10 and 11. This fellowship of Christ's suffering is one of the means by which we might obtain until the resurrection of the dead. Let us consider three reasons for suffering. And again, I say if it's painful, God knows I don't like pain, but I suffer pains every day. And all I can do is say thank you. It could be worse. One of the reasons, amen, for suffering, amen, is testing of your faith. The test of your faith. The Lord, amen, want to test your faith, not for him, but he want to test it for you. To see how strong you really is. Many times we testify, amen, on the mountaintop and say, we we can go through this and we can go through that. But the Lord's going to test your faith. Sometimes suffering comes our way as a test of our faith. When a person is under pressure and is being squeezed by the situation, what is on the inside will manifest itself. You let person come. Amen. And let it be squeezed. Amen. And ever what's on the inside, you're going to tell it. It is similar to a tube of toothpaste. Amen. When you get ready, amen, to get the toothpaste out of a tube, you got to squeeze it, put some pressure on it. Sometimes God put pressure on our lives. When pressure is applied, the toothpaste will come. It'll come out. It'll come forward. We never get the benefit of it until the pressure is applied. If we don't ever press that too, it'll be just sitting there. But when you press it, press it, you get the benefit out of it. Because ever what's in there coming out. When God tests us and squeezes us, ever what's in in us is coming out. Sometimes suffering comes our way as a test of our faith. Richard Havelson says, what kind of person you are depending entirely on how you take hard knocks, difficult and defeat when they come. Everyone have them. He reacts to them in the in an index of his character. Hardship makes the man, and they shows up 
the weakness. When you go through something hard and difficult, it makes the man, it makes the woman, and it shows up the weakness that is in you. One man stands out among the Bible characters as a man who was faithful through suffering. He was faithful through it. And that was, amen, Joe was proved by pressure. Joe was put under all kinds of pressure. He was a human man just like every one of us. He didn't have no supernatural power, but he was put under pressure. He was put under pressure. He was put under pressure. We also think, amen, Joe physically richness and and awesome of his erroneous wealth. His sustained also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and 500 yokes of ox, 500 she asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all in the land. And, and, and all the men of the east. We, amen, thought that Job was dependent upon this. And amen, everybody would have said, amen, Job, you're a rich man. You can get anything you want because you're rich. His physical wealth was great, but his true greatness did not come from possessing his family and blessing with seven sons and three daughters. But his greatness did not come from them. This first verse of the book of Job, amen, established the reason of Job's greatness. Job 1 and 1 said, There was a man in the land of of, whose name was Job. And that man, he was perfect, and he was upright, one that feared God and shunned evil. God saw him as a perfect, not a sinless man, but a man. God saw him as a perfect and an upright man that feared him. Your greatness come from his standing with God. Your greatness, amen, will come, amen, with you standing with the Lord. Not your wealth. Not what you have accumulated economically, but amen, your faith in Jesus will determine your greatness in the Lord. The same chapter, amen, that records your wealth and physical greatness also records the poverty of his loss. Listen, Satan challenging God that Job would curse God. If he suffered, Satan implied that it was easy to serve God when everything was all right. But it is his possession and his children were taken away. He would turn his back on God. After losing all his possessions, amen, and children, however, Job still remained faithful to it's integrity. Now, amen, just as you squeeze that, that toothpaste, amen, amen, God allowed Satan is a squeeze, Joe. Lose 
and everything, all his suffering, his children, amen, and his wife said, why don't you curse God and die with Job held on to his faith in God? After the boys came upon his body, he still remained faithful. He, he didn't have nothing left, amen. But amen, then went into, amen, sores and boils, and amen, his skin was tight on his body. Praise the Lord, amen. And I I'm, can I'm imagine in my mind, every time he moved, amen, it irritated him because boils. It was a hard suffering. But Job made a statement, said, I'm not going to curse God. I'm going to bless him. Though he slay me, though he destroy me, yet will I trust in him. Man of God, woman of God, young man, young women, amen, no matter what you are going through with now, amen, and hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. Though your emblem, your hourly body may be perishing as I'm speaking to you. Amen. Hold on to your faith. Your emblem man is being renewed day by day. And remember, we got another body that's not made by hand, eternal in the heavens. After that time, Job did not know the end of the story. He did not know, amen, if thing would ever get any better. He didn't know. Amen. You don't know the end of the story either. And you don't know, amen, whether things are going to get better or they're going to get worse. But hold on to the Lord anyway. Even so, he still trusted God and was faithful to him. The suffering, amen, did not Shake his faith in God. I'm trying to tell you tonight, amen, in this same time that we're living in, don't let the suffering of, amen, your time shake your faith. God's word for today is about suffering. And we all is going through some kind of suffering. There is an interesting observe to be made concerning Job. And the Lord turned the captivities of Job when he prayed for his friend. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had, Job 42 and 10. The turnaround did not come until Job turned his attention from his own suffering and prayed for his friend. Job still wasn't thinking about himself. But Lord, save my friend. Forgive my friend, for they don't know what they are doing. And when he did that, God turned his suffering around. Then God began to bless him. Don't you want the Lord to bless you tonight? God, amen, if you're holding anything against anybody, amen, turn, amen, and ask the Lord to forgive you and pray for if you want the blessing of the Lord, you can't hold on to a grudge, amen, and, and, and then want to receive the blessing and the power and the anointing of the Lord. Pray for your friend. With the possession of his children, the blessing, amen, came after the test. 
Oh, you just may be going through a test tonight. God may be testing you, and you don't even know it. You may be down to your last dime, and you don't know it. The Lord may be just testing you. Don't give up because the test is there. Don't give up because pressure is there. Hold on to Jesus. Remove his spiritual growth. My time seems like it's a run out on me tonight. God bless you in radio land tonight. Amen. I want to try to finish this because, amen, we all suffer in this world. Suffering has a unique way to encourage and promote spiritual growth. It was if we respond to it correctly. Amen. Suffering has a way to encourage and promote spiritual growth. We need to grow. Sometimes we ain't watering enough. We ain't getting the right kind of food. We need to grow spiritually. Our attitude needs to change. Our ways need to change. We need to grow. God's going to put some pressure on us. Amen. That we can grow. God bless you. As Dr. Moore said, we love you tonight. God bless you. Amen. This week, praise the Lord. You, amen. Whether pressure is on you or not. Hold your faith in Jesus. God bless you until next week. Thank you for all those who called in tonight. Thank you, the messages. Like I told you, he would talk about the self-diagnosis. So that was good, good, and good. Please call back in next week. We'll be back on this air again tonight, and God bless everybody. Bye-bye.